If I raised hand tonight, any unspoken prayer requests that God already knows about? All over. Any others? Amen. Amen. If you don't mind, would you bow your heads with me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're grateful and we're so thankful for the wonderful privilege and the wonderful blessing you give us just to come together one more day. Lord, it goes without saying how much we need you each and every day of our life, each and every breath we breathe. Father God, we need you. I would pray for the very important, very special, the eternal needs that have been mentioned here tonight, Father, in this place that you would allow your power, your might, and your strength to become will in the lives of all those tonight, God, that need a special touch from a righteous God. Lord, we each desire many things in our heart and our lives. But Lord, there's nothing in this place, in this world, that's any greater of a need than for us to have a closer walk and relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for the relationship we share. I thank you for the blessing and the opportunity of prayer that you render to each of us every day in our lives, Father, by just simply calling upon your name. I pray you take the Scriptures tonight, Father, anoint it, and use it, for surely it's your word, so that, Father God, through it all, you may be praised. Lord, as we make preparations to go into this celebration of Easter, the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray each day and every week and every hour that you're first and foremost in our minds and hearts. Minister to the hearts and the spirits of those whom are lost, May tonight's word and message, may this prayer, Father, may your will be what changes their hearts. We ask and we pray and offer you praise, for alone you're worthy. We ask it all and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of John the New Testament Gospel of John. I'm going to be in chapter 19. And I'll be skipping around several different verses due to the interest of time. Um, As I went through the message a few weeks back and continued to review it all through this week, uh, there's one thing I noticed that was there were so many verses that were so important, as they always are. So forgive me tonight for the narration, but I wanted to prelude, if I could, tonight's message with some thoughts. If there's one thing that this world truly needs this day more than ever, it's truly a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know of any greater need we can pray for. I don't know of any purpose or way we could ever see God be glorified any greater than to know that even just one lost sinner comes unto repentance this very day. 
I pray that believing, and I pray that walking and believing by faith, not of anything I got strength to do or I could control, but because I believe in God's Word according to His Word that He is the author and the finisher of all things. And I trust Him tonight to be the redemption and let this be someone's day of salvation. About two weeks ago, came home after a day at work that was forgettable, if you know what I mean. Went home and went out to my little studio building where I pray and do messages and speak to God, and I just bowed my head. I seemed like every time I opened my Bible, I felt unworthy to even have a page before me. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. Some of you may not understand. But that particular night, about 8 o'clock, I laid my head on the table there at the desk in that little building. And I said, God, I want like I've never wanted before your will to be in my life. I want the needs of my family to be met completely and wholly. But Lord, not because I or they or anyone I know deserves it, but because of who you are, God. It seemed like minutes turned into an hour. Raised my head up in that dark room I was in. And I heard a little ping. Looked over and someone had sent an email through the ministry website. So I raised my head up and I said, God, before I ever read it, somehow I'll let you be praised through it. I read it and it was a man speaking of a precious sister of his that was going through issues with a marriage. A lot of detail were given that I chose not even to read through. I stopped again and I bowed my head again and I prayed again. A few minutes later, I looked at the clock and it was surely past bedtime for me to get a few hours of sleep. I opened my Bible back up before I went into the house and read a few verses out of the Gospel of John. And God spoke to me in a very special way and I'm thankful for that. As I sought God and as I sought the will of God in the things of my life, just as I do yours, beloved, each and every day. The one thing that kept ringing back to me true was the fact that we'll never fully, no matter how many years we live life, ever fully realize how deep and how great the love of Christ is for us. And you know, that's a good precursor to this night's message, which speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Chapter 19 of John, verse 1, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and he scourged him. And his soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And he said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. 
Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Verse 5, Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. Verse 10, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Thou knowest not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee. And Jesus answered and said, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Verse 14, And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief answered, We have no king except Caesar. Then delivered him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and they led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth in a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him on either one side, and Jesus in the midst. In verse 19, And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. May God bless tonight the reading of his word. I've just shared with you out of chapter 19 of John, the mockery of a trial that was given to our Lord and our Savior. How... Pilate chose not to have the blood of Christ on his own hands. How Pilate chose for the people to choose. Whom do you want me to do? How do you want me to judge this man that is called King of the Jews? The people themselves cried out, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Just a few verses of many, many, many chapters about the trial, the beatings, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. You know, as I look through the Scripture, if there's one thing that I see and I read and I feel so strongly in these verses is a lack of understanding on Pilate's behalf of who Jesus was and is that day in his life. The people whom knew who he claimed to be, the people whom he knew he had healed and he had set free, I stop and think of those whom had lost their sight and he had restored their sight that may have very well been there in the congregation of the people before Pilate. I think of blind Bartimaeus. I, I think of the lepers. I think of Mary Magdalene. I think of all of the disciples whom Jesus called forth out of their boats, out of the way from their tax tables, and away from the normalcy of their normal day of life, and said these simple words, Would you follow me? 
But yet we're at a point in the life of Christ where the people chose to have Him crucified. If we know the whole story, beloved, and I pray you read your Bibles and that you do, all were pawns in the workings in the hands of God. Whether they chose to be or not including Judas Iscariot as he shared with the soldiers where Christ was praying in the garden, led him to him for just some pieces of silver. He was arrested. He was brought back. And that's where we are in these verses. We're at the point where Pilate chose to ask the people, as he washed his hands clean and white, what should I do with this one that's called King of the Jews? These words are so powerful to me as a believer because of the primary reason in knowing that every day in our life, each one of us called judgment upon Christ. You say, how do I do that, Billy? How do you think I would do that as much as I love my Lord? Well, how do you represent the Lord Jesus Christ as you live this very day? Is it a way that you live your life? Is it the words you say and the words you share with other people? Is that how you represent Christ? Is it maybe through a harsh word you've said to someone, which we all are guilty of, Is it maybe through our actions or something we've done to cause someone else to be belittled? For every one of us, beloved, it's something very different. But if we were to put it all in one cauldron and boil it down, it all ends up the same. At some point in our lives, even this day, we brought forth condemnation upon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I had a gentleman a few months back ask me, how can you tell, Billy, people in a church that you really believe know the Lord as their personal Savior? Uh, Beloved, I don't know how you can tell. I just know God knows. And I said, uh, they're your parishioners. They're people that are members of your church. His little church was down in South Carolina. I think he had three or 400 members. He said, well, there's people there that have been there so long that no longer do they speak of Christ. But rather, now it seems like it's more of a congregation of people's thoughts than it is whenever I ask them to open the Word of God and to pray and to teach or share in an area of our church. It seems like I almost have to beg our members to do something in the name of the Lord to help others. He gave me an example which broke my heart, and I'll do my best with emotion tonight to share it with you. He said, the hardest group of people that I have in my church that I find the hardest issue trying to have uh, the ones that are mature Christians in our church to do is for those whom that I need to help teach Sunday school for the young people. He said that all I could do is weep. You see, he mentioned all the seasoned Christians in his church. He said he almost every 
time there were elections for class presidents and also for Sunday school teachers, for those young children all the way from kindergarten all the way through high school and above. He said, I almost have to beg them to help and to teach these young people. And yet we all look around every day, he said, and wonder where will our church be in 50 years? And I stopped him for just a moment in our conversation. And I said, brother, I said, these young people in your church are your church in 50 years if the Lord tarries is coming. I had prayer with him. And after praying, he wept and I wept. And we bound together in one accord what the Word says we should do. And we prayed for the young people in their church that they would have good, strong senior leadership in their church and their Sunday school classes. I thank God for answering prayer because He shared with me just one week later that God put a message on His heart to speak from the pulpit on that Sunday morning. And he had Sunday school teachers for the youth that he would have to rotate around. There were so many that came forth. You see, only God could do that out of so many years of drought to bring forth teachers to those young people. He said he had people coming forth that wanted to be teachers, and they come forth down to the altar, and each and every one of them, they prayed over and they anointed. They would be good teachers and godly teachers, and they would teach the truth of God's love. I praise God for testimonies like that. I thank God, beloved, for testimonies like that, that God places in my path in my life that He lets me know. You know, I don't think there's anything any worse to do than to know how great God blesses each one of us, but yet we sit around with our hands in our pockets and our blessings on top of the dresser of drawers and fair to share with other people how great God is in our hearts and lives. There's not a one of us in this place tonight that God has not done great things for this very day. There's not a one of us in this place tonight that God hasn't brought us forth out of the miry clay in the pit of sin and set us on a solid rock as His Word declares. Beloved, there's not a one of you in here tonight that have ever heard and named the name of Jesus as your Lord and your Savior that He has not sustained you each and every breath that you've made today. What I'm trying to tell you is God is good every day. And God desires to be praised and He's worthy of all praise each and every day. Pilate asked the people, what do you want me to do with this one you call the King of the Jews? Pilate said, I find no fault at all in Him. And yet, the people cried out, crucify Him, crucify Him. And we know forth later, Jesus was nailed to a cross. And there we know He hung with your debt of sin all upon Him and me. And He bled and He died so that we could receive forgiveness from God. Then delivered He therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and they led Him away. And He, bearing His cross, went forth into a place, the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, 
where they crucified him and two others on either side of him, as I've previously shared, a thief on his left and a thief on his right with Christ in the middle. If we look in verse 28, we read, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. In verse 30, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. In verse 38, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. Then it took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloths with the spices as a manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulchre wherein was never man yet laid. Verse 42, There laid they Jesus, therefore because of the Jews, preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. We know that Jesus had been laid to rest in a buried tomb, a tomb that was purchased by Joseph, a tomb that was needed to lay the body of our Lord and our Savior within, that He would have a place of rest. We also know so clearly that that this being on this Friday evening, we know because of the upcoming Passover celebration that preparation needed to be urgently made before this Passover began. We know through Scripture that Jesus, fourth while He was within the sepulchre, took hold of death, hell, and the grave. We know that Jesus upon the cross, beloved, took hold and took upon Himself the sin debts of all of you and me and of all mankind forever. Beloved, this day and this time that we live, it becomes harder and harder and harder each and every day that I share the Word of God to have people that will listen contently and desire to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I believe truly we're in the time now where if a man or a woman sharing the gospel message is not able to tickle the ears of the ones listening, many people will not remain focused. The Bible says there's two ways and two paths. It said there's a pathway or a road that leads to destruction. And the description gives us, beloved, that that pathway that leads to destruction is very wide. And many find it. We also know there's another pathway that leads to glory, that leads to heaven. And it's a narrow path. And we know that narrow path, beloved, leads to heaven. The Bible says, in contrary, that few will find it. When I was a much younger man, the one thing I always wondered was with these two roads, this wide road of destruction and this narrow path that leads to heaven's glory, why would the Word of God and why would the Lord teach us that few will find it? For it seems like every time I think of all those that God has blessed me with the privilege of sharing 
the Scriptures and the Gospel message with that I've seen come to a saving grace through the glory of God and through the amazing grace of the Holy Spirit. I stop and think, Lord, a few? But you know, beloved, as I grow older and I trust I grow wiser as a believer, I find that truly the Word is few. I find so many people that want to walk the walk of being a Christian and want to walk the walk of being a leader in their church want to walk the walk of doing things that other peoples will applaud them for, but yet very few really have a desire and very few really have a heart to serve Jesus. Had a gentleman stop me the other day in the hallway at work. I was in a rush coming away from a desk to go outside to go to lunch and and we had a short amount of time as we do each day. And as I came out of the door, he walked right by the same door I opened up. And he almost walked into me. And I said, excuse me, I'm sorry. I wasn't looking. And he looked at me. He said, no, you have no apology there. He said, I shouldn't be walking where I'm walking. I should be on the other side of the hall. And as I walked past... This man made comment to me. He said, you don't know who I am, but I know you. And I put my hand out, right hand of fellowship to him, and I said, my name is Billy Allen. And he said, my name is Tom. And he said, Billy, you don't remember me. I looked at him and I said, well, you look familiar, but I'm not sure. He said, I remember one night at a hospital bed that you told me that God would raise me up if I trusted Him and God would make me stronger if I trusted Him. And you prayed. And he said, it seemed like you prayed half a night. You were there with me most of the night. And when the morning came, you said you would be back and you were. And you found me then on the side of the bed upright. Eating a plate of breakfast. Drinking a cup of coffee from just the night before. The doctors had given up my hope. Do you remember me? And memories come flooding back. Told him I did. And beloved, I want you to know, I stood there in that hallway and I had hold of that man's two hands. And we prayed and we thanked God. Right in the midst of 50 to 100 people rushing by us going to lunch. He said, you know what I remember the most is you told me that I need to pray believing and I need to pray trusting God because if I didn't pray believing, if I didn't pray trusting, if I didn't desire to invite the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart and believe Him with my whole heart and serve Him with my whole heart, you said it was all worthless because Christ had died for me. He said, my life changed that night. God forgave me of my sins that night. And not only that, Billy, God also healed me that night of my sickness. Beloved, what I tell you that story for is to let you know this. We never, ever, ever, ever know what God's up to and what God's doing in our lives, do we, each day. We have no way of knowing what God's will is and what God's way is unless we seek God first. Seek ye first, the Scripture says, the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. 
Do we believe that tonight? Do we still stand on these words? Or are we like the people that stood in front of Pilate that still continued to ring out in the years of the Palladium and say, crucify Him, crucify Him? I know we live in a time that it seems like the greatest word that we hear most days on the street is you need to be politically correct. But I want you to know tonight there's no word any greater than the name of Jesus. There's a time, if it's not already here, and it may be when the world would hear the name of Jesus and say, crucify Him, crucify Him. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ I will live for and I trust you will live for Him because He died for me. He died for a worthless, sinful sinner such as you and me so that we may have life and have it everlasting. As you make preparations to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ out of this barred tomb, take just a few minutes to thank God for your resurrection. Because you see, because of His resurrection, one day as well, beloved, you and I will be resurrected before the Lord. Even our tombs, if we think of it literally, are simply barred because we won't need them for long, will we? I pray tonight that you know Him. I pray what you've heard tonight is something you've heard many times and that you continue to trust in Him. But I know in an audience that will hear this message that's so large that there's many that will hear this and wonder who this Jesus is. You see, Jesus Christ, beloved, is the Son of the living God. He went to a cross on a hill called Calvary. And there, after a mockery of a trial and condemnation upon the people and upon Pilate, He was nailed to a cross. He was nailed to the tree with nails and spikes. And He was fastened with ropes but I want you to know they never held Him there. His love for you held Him upon the cross. The blood He shared there on that old rugged cross, every drop was shed for you as a sinner so that you today could live your life abundantly and you could know that you have total forgiveness in Christ Jesus without any doubt, without any reservation or hesitation If you know Him tonight as your Lord and your Savior, you have been forgiven and your sins have been washed away. All I can say is praise His holy name. If you'll save a sinner, even as me. He's so worthy to be praised. Would you bow your heads with me for closing prayer and invitation?
Father God, we're so thankful. We're so grateful for the privilege you blessed us with this day to come together in Jesus' name. Lord God, I have shared what I believe you have placed upon my heart. But Lord, I know the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit must do the work. And Father God, if it be your will, would you speak to the hearts of all who may hear this word tonight? Leave no stone unturned, Father. And allow your word, your truth to turn go and go forth and never return void. Go forth, Father God, this word in the way which you intended. Father God, if there be one whom is lost that may hear this message tonight, would you please, Lord, draw them unto you? Would you allow their hardened and their sin-cursed heart, God, to be softened and to be cleansed and renewed and forgiven just as you have our own one day? Lord, we know the Scripture and we remember the verse. For even while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us, the ungodly. Save those whom tonight, Father, which are lost. Continue to nurture us and continue to raise us up and continue to heal us, God, of the things in our hearts that, Father, that are outside of your perfect peace and will. And until, Father, today you call us home, May you find us each and every one faithful to be doing your work and your will. And we'll give you praise, God, each day. For we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.